Joe Trippi, has your head made the turn into the general campaign yet? No, yeah, we we all we began with the general election campaign uh, as part of our core strategy. That's what. That's why we built this Internet thing. That's why we built a grassroots campaign, because we believe it would take a couple million Americans contributing $100 to this campaign to be competitive with George Bush in the general election. And there's only one medium in the world that lets two million Americans decide in one day to do that, and that's the Internet. And so we, way back in January, that's what we decided to do, to build a campaign that could build a grassroots organization that uh, could compete with Bush. And we believe if we did that, we'd be strong enough in the primaries to win them. Well, the world is just catching up with the fact that you can turn over the party nomination with an Internet network. But do you mean to say you, you always assumed that? No, always. From the very beginning, um, we knew back when we were only 432 people, there was only 432 known supporters in this country for Howard Dean on January 31st. Uh, we knew then that uh, uh, we had to run a decentralized campaign, one organized in the local community, one one that was uh, dependent as one of its best organizing tools being the Internet. And uh, we, we put a plan together uh, to build a grassroots campaign of a few million Americans who are dedicated to terms of giving time and money. Hmm. Um, and that if we did that, we'd not only uh, win the presidency, but obviously we'd have to win. That, the strength of that many people working in common cause and common purpose to change the direction of the country would would win the nomination and be the only force that could defeat, stand up to George Bush and his sort of corporate bundled millions that, that these guys are putting together. Well, let's talk about it. How does an Internet strategy work against an incumbent, unchallenged Republican president? Well, he's putting together $200 million against a primary opponent he doesn't have. Um, He's going to spend that $200 million between April and August attacking whoever the Democratic, uh, presumed Democratic nominee is. Uh, a Democrat who has no grassroots support and no financial ability to compete with $200 million won't be very electable by the time they stand at the podium at the National Convention. It is about the American people recognizing that they have the power to change politics as as we now practice it in this country. You know, basically we've been about, every campaign's been about raising millions of dollars and buying a lot of TV ads. People got left out of the process. What the Internet and the Dean campaign, um, use of the Internet is doing is putting, just simply putting people back into a process that left them out. Uh, I keep saying our biggest uh, hurdle in this campaign is getting people over their disbelief that they can make a difference. Hmm. Most Americans don't believe that their $25 check or their $100 check or their four hours of walk going door to door in a precinct can make a difference. And they're right. I mean, it's a big country, a lot of precincts, and one $25 check isn't going to do a damn thing. But when you put a couple million of those checks hmm. together, a couple million of those people knocking on doors, it's an amazing thing. It can change any, everything. And We've proven that in the last two quarters. But so distinguish, distinguish the primary from the final. I mean, the leverage that activists have, especially in caucuses, uh, was something that George McGovern, Rick Stearns, Gary Hart demonstrated clearly in 1972. That's a long time ago. But speak of the leverage of the Internet in this monstrous ocean of a general election in a huge country, 100 million voters. Well, 100 million voters, that's right. But the problem is you need energy 
to get those voters out. And if you have two or three million people out there actively knocking on doors and getting people out to vote, it's going to bring a couple million new people into the process. In the end, those are the two or three million new people that will make the difference in this general election. Would have made the difference, would have made a sizable enough difference that uh, there wouldn't be any question about Al Gore having won in 2000. And so we're going to go build that at grassroots organization. We've been building it. We're up to over half a million people who signed up with us. Several hundred thousand of them are out there going to meetings once a month through meetup.com or using our Get Local tools on the Internet to organize in their local community. We believe we've built, we're building an organization and a platform for the American people to take back their government. You mentioned Al Gore. I've been wondering, and I want to go over this with you, how many other candidates might have made it uh, with this technology, with this insight, with this Internet? Well, I think I worked for Vice President Mondale in 1984, and I have no doubt that if the Internet had been as mature as it is today, that Gary Hart would have been the nominee for the Democratic Party in 84. And who knows whether he would have been able to harness it to the extent that he could have uh, defeated Reagan. That'll be a lot of what-ifs. But I also think McCain in, in 2000 uh, uh, did amazing things. That campaign did amazing things, empowering people and using the Internet to do that. But again, it was an immature Internet. It was a net that didn't have things like meetup.com. You needed that many millions more of Americans to buy something at Amazon.com or or to participate in an auction at eBay and get used to hmm. giving contributions or even um, even the concept of using the Internet to sign up for a meeting. These things have all happened in the last 24 months, I mean, since McCain ran. And so the Internet has gotten much more mature, and it's mature enough now to really hmm. be harnessed. In a lot of ways, the Kennedy-Nixon debate in early 60s should have been a symbol, a sign to everybody that television was about to radically change America's politics. And I think this year, the year 2003, and the way average Americans have used the internet to create the Dean candidacy and make it strong, I think should be seen in the same way. That This is the year that people will look back at many, many years from now and say, wow, that was the time when we should have known that the internet was going to change everything. Well, we're going to tell them. <laughs> They'll know. We'll come back to the history, but I'd like to stick with television for a sec. The New York Times observed, I think wisely this morning, that the 40th anniversary of President Kennedy's assassination is also the anniversary of 40 years of television, and maybe the beginning of the end. How does television, as a, as a marketer, play in your plans for 2004? Well, it's an abysmal way to communicate, in my view, because I've always been frustrated with it, even as a person who makes TV commercials. It's, uh, it's a very one-way means of communication. And, you know, you can sort of bark at people about what the issues are, but there's no way for them to connect back to you. Jerry Brown in 92 started to use the 800 numbers as a sort of almost primitive way to turn television into a two-way medium. I mean, you know, I talk to you, right. you call my number. Right. Um, do you remember it, the moment I do when he whipped out that number in front of Tom Brokaw? And Tom Brokaw said, get that out of yeah, my sight. Look, exactly. this election is bought and paid for. We don't want any people sending their lousy 50 bucks right, in. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, exactly. It was the, you know, I remember that, that moment. At the time, I think I was with Doug Wilder at that debate. Uh, tr he was trying to become the first African-American uh, uh, you know, where there have been plenty of them, try to try to make a race out of it. And he was out of the race in a few months. But I was there 
at that moment when Jerry Brown did that, actually many months earlier talked to Jerry Brown about, <laughs> he and I had had some sort of an intellectual debate about how to make television a, a two-way communications tool, and it's clear to me, he, you know, he and a bunch of other people went off and started thinking about that. But it, that was a primitive way to do it, but there's no real way to use television that way, uh, other than those those kind of things. The Internet, you know, is an amazing vehicle because it is two-way and multi-way communication, and it gets back to the to what we had before television, when it was you talking to your neighbor about knocking on your neighbor's door about uh, about your candidate and talking to them about it. The Internet, in a lot of ways, is that, again, um, except your neighbor or your friend you're talking to can be in New York while you're in Los Angeles. But so, does that mean you're not going to do Howard Dean's spots in October, November of 2004? No, you have, to, you have to do that. I mean, particularly when Bush will be, Carl Rove will be making up all kinds of things about you. So, and, and beaming that into everybody's household, uh, you know, in their living rooms, uh, we'll have to do that as well. But in the end, um, I think it'll be the knock on the door um, that'll uh, compete with that this time. And the, what makes that possible is the Internet, the ability for people hmm. to sign up in their community, to go out walking together in their community, to talk to their neighbors. I mean, the difference between the Dean campaign and the other campaigns and the way we use the Internet, I think, is that you empower people to own the campaign themselves. And when you do that, the Dean campaign is happening over the water cooler at work, over the neighbor's fence, across the kitchen table. Um, it's a very, it's a more human, more personal campaign. Now, what sparks that might be is something that's being organized over the internet, but the conversation is happening at the bar hmm. or across that water cooler. It's very difficult for one of the other campaigns to send an operative to the water cooler at work and say, "Don't listen to your coworker. He's crazy. You know, he's wrong about Howard Dean." They can't interrupt that conversation, and so. When you have 500,000 people who all are organized around the Internet, get information from us, can download the issues, can take those issues papers to work or, 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 or to a baseball game and when they're talking to their friend at a game. Um, you know, it's a different kind of campaign. We're not, we're not limited by television. Change the subject. I often wonder, watching Howard Dean, how his awareness of a kind of Internet base affects everything, his carriage, his rhetoric, his pushback at Tim Russert, his understanding of the press, what reporters are or are not up to. How has the Internet kind of penetrated the consciousness of this candidate? I think it was, it's been an evolution. I think in the early days he, he'd come in and say, what's a blog? And then we talked to him about blogging a little bit. And then he, he went through a whole period where he'd come into the headquarters on an off day and go, okay, I want a blog. And now lately he's come in and said things like, you know, what I don't understand is how come the White House doesn't have a blog? And so what I'm saying is there's an evolution to it. It's the same thing in the early stages. I'm not sure that he got the significance of Meetup, the first couple of months of Meetup and what mm -hmm. it might mean to his campaign. But by, I'd say, April or May, he understood completely that Meetup was the heart and soul of the campaign, that these people who were meeting once a month and doing it over the Internet, deciding where to meet, and then the meeting for him and deciding how they were going to organize in the local community, 
was the heart and soul of his campaign. We ran into these people everywhere we went. We still run into them. They're growing every day. And now I read Zephyr saying we could have done this thing without blogs, but we couldn't have done it without Meetup. Is that your doctrine too or not? I think that's true, but we couldn't have done this without every one of those things. I mean, we wouldn't be, we'd probably be, you know, two-thirds the size we are we, we are today without the blogs. Or, or you know, we we might be with blogs and no meetup, one-third the size we are. But it's, it's sort of to have all these different ways to get people engaged in the campaign and engaged in the in the conversation. I tell you this, there's no way we'd be as interactive a campaign without the blog. I can tell you uh, one good example. We, we put up uh, 50 state posters on our website for people to download, you know, Iowa for Dean, New Hampshire for Dean, uh, so that people could download them, put them in their car windows or their dorm uh, windows or, or their office. Um, and we put that up. Within three minutes, our blog had a comment saying, I'm in Puerto Rico you don't have a Puerto Rico for Dean sign. You guys have messed up. Three minutes later, we changed the file on one of the signs, you know, copied, put Puerto Rico in, pasted, stuck it back up there. We had 51 signs all of a sudden. Three minutes later, thank you. I can't believe it. I've got my, my sign. The, the next one was a guy in London who commented saying, I don't, you don't have a Americans abroad for Dean sign, and I'm over here for four or five months. I'd love to put one up. Three minutes later, we put an Americans Abroad for Dean sign. He downloaded it, and the thank you came from a woman in Spain saying, thank you, I just downloaded mine too. You guys are amazing. Well, that happened in 10 minutes, 10, 12 minutes. In a regular campaign, Puerto Rico wouldn't know that there were 50 state signs out there. Most of the people in California would be trying to drive to some headquarters somewhere in Los Angeles to get the 10,000 signs we'd shipped out there. It might take three months for the campaign to figure out that it didn't, that it forgotten to make Puerto Rico for Dean signs, or and forget about anybody in London or Spain. And not that that's a big thing, but it's an example of how blog, really the best one, the other one, which I thought was just fascinating, was. On the Sleepless Summer Tour, our last stop was in Bryant Park in New York, and we were trying to make that million-dollar goal of competing with George Bush's million dollars that he raised in Portland, Oregon. And the stage was up there, and there was a big screen next to the stage with the, our bat on it and showed $968,000 or something with a couple hours to go. And everybody was really tense about whether we were going to make the million. And on the blog with about 45 minutes before the governor was going up on that stage, one of them said, you know what, the governor should walk on stage with a big red bat and, you know, hold it up and say, you guys did this, you made it. Well, I am in a coffee shop in New York with my PDA looking at that comment, and I turn to the poor staff person next to me and say, go find a red bat. And he <laughs> looks at me, he looks at his watch, and it's like, you know, I don't remember what time of night, but we're in downtown Man Midtown Manhattan. He runs out of there five minutes before, just as the governor, there, someone is saying, and now on stage, and now, ladies and gentlemen, next president of the United States, Governor Howard Dean. The governor's bounding up towards the stage. <laughs> My guy comes running down through the park, hands him the red bat as he walks up on the stage, and he waves that thing up in the air. And everybody in the blog community knew that 45 minutes earlier they had made a suggestion and now millions of people on C-SPAN and all 
we're seeing that suggestion carried out by the governor as he went on that stage. It's very, it's a very cool campaign in that sense that people really do have the power. If they come up with a really good idea, we will grasp it and embrace it. And so many times in this campaign, it was those comments on the blog that led to uh, uh, another one was we were trying to beat Dick Cheney uh, to two, raise $250,000 at a dinner at a lunch that he was doing in the South. One of the bloggers suggested that we have the governor take a picture of the governor eating a $3 turkey sandwich and put that up on the blog and ask people to match Cheney's 250000 We put that picture up on the blog of the governor eating the turkey sandwich, and $508,000 was raised. Just the governor on the blog eating a sandwich versus Dick Cheney down at a $2,000 plate silver spoon luncheon. So I think it's accurate that in a lot of ways we wouldn't be where we are. We, we could have done it without the blog, but not without Meetup. I do think the kind of campaign we are, the kind of the character of the campaign couldn't have occurred without the blogs. So it's sort of, it's not an either or, it's really that we were lucky enough or whatever you want to say to stumble on and use all these, these, these tools that are available today. The, and blogs didn't exist really during the McCain era of the year 2000. They were out there, but they were not, they hadn't yet really caught on. They weren't the force that they are today um, on the Internet.